Oh, perfect. Okay, this is, I'm just trying to like uh, move my way through. What's up, guys? Um, hello and welcome to the Monday, July 20th edition of the TV on Basketball podcast with your host, TV. As you can see on my left or on my right, I'm not sure how this is going to be. I have a guest over here. Um, his channel is Critical Condition Sports. Um, say hi to my friend Joe. What's up, Joe? Hey, what's going on, TV? Hey, what's up? Um, yeah, this is my first collab. I'm really excited to do this. And, you know, um, I have my friend Joe here. I mean, he's usually like in the football world, but he's coming over to some basketball right now. And, you know, he has a great channel over on YouTube. Joe, you want to talk about it right now? Yeah, so uh, so my name is Joe. Uh, I'm in charge of the Critical Condition Sports up on YouTube. Uh, pretty much, it's real NFL dominant as far as content is concerned. Um, right now, I'm also doing some different stuff. Um, sprinkle in some NBA basketball in there as well as uh, MMA uh, in the UFC world. And I'm looking to just be adding little things as we're starting to get into the seasons of sports and all that good stuff right now. Yeah. Yeah. It's been really awesome. Like, I, like, we were just like watching like UFC, which was like two, 251. Uh, 251. Yeah. There's been so many of them. And it was a great, um, it was a great night. And this guy put up a great review on it just last week. So you guys should check that out. And also, in his latest video, he also talked about some of the Madden QB ratings, if you're into that type sure. of stuff. So, so I'm going to be, like, linking him in um, the description of this video, if you're listening here. And I'll also be, like, you'll also um, see his link when I'm on my Instagram. But today, we're here talking about um, NBA Awards, because as reported by Shams on Friday, um, the NBA Awards have, you know, they're, they're not going to be, like, taking it, um, into consideration the play that's been happening in Orlando. So all of the stats and stuff that go towards the, these awards are performances prior to March 11, 2020, which was right before the quarantine started. So, yeah, with that in mind, me and Joe here are going to be giving out our predictions for each of these awards. We are be going through Sixth Man of the Year, Coach of the Year, Rookie of the Year, um, Most Improved, Defensive Player of the Year, and the granddaddy of them all, the MVP. And, you know, this it's been a very, like, crazy season so far. Obviously, we are not used to this um, um, like um, the way the sports have been this year, but um, we're all excited for it to be back. The NBA is coming back on June 30th, and I just thought now that they're not going to be, um, you know, talking about like the not that the award races are over, we should be talking about it right now. So, yeah, Joe, are you ready to get started? Let's go, man. Yeah. So the first award we're going to be discussing is um, the Rookie of the Year award, which. Um, a lot of people um, see this as a two-man race. I don't think there are like many other stars. I don't know if you agree with me, Joe. Like, it's I think it's only really between two people here. It was between two, but I feel like you can make an argument for one more player. Oh, very, very interesting. So tell me who you got as your um, pick for this and maybe a runner-up. Yeah, so uh, so my pick for this is uh, John Morant. Yeah, yeah. Oh, so, I mean, it's uh, plain and simple for me. Uh, Jaw played more more games than Zion. I know a lot of people want to discuss about the Zion hype train and stuff. Oh, yeah. 100%. And, yeah, and just uh, I know a lot of people are trying to hand him the award and maybe could have been in, con in true contention for the award had, the, you know, this whole pandemic thing hadn't go on. But I think that uh, Jaw not only made a huge impact on his team, but he gave people in Memphis hope. And by that, I mean, uh, you know, there was a big improvement in wins. They were already on pace to beating those those kind of wins right now. They're in the eighth seed right now. Um, you know, if the season had ended, had ended, you know, through that March, um, the March shutdown, well, because of the pandemic, they would have been in the playoffs. But, you know, obviously with the whole NBA restart and they want to add more teams, I just feel like uh, John did, did great. Uh, you played 59 games versus uh, Zion's 19. I don't really question uh, Jaws' ability, uh, health and ability. Again, I've always said that uh, the best ability is availability, and Jaws is certainly available. Oh yeah, hundred um, percent. And what I liked about Jaw coming, like at least like in this season in particular, is that he has just assumed the leadership in Memphis like already. Yeah. And this guy is like a first-year player, and this guy is like he has all the troops rallied around him. He has like assumed like the number one role. And like you know, like you said, the game disparity is massive. Like it's like forty more games in Jaws' favor. And, like, his stats are, like, no scrubby at all. You know, like, 17 points a game, 7 assists. This guy's almost shooting 50% from the field as a point guard, which is yeah. extremely impressive um, for someone, especially, like, it is um, at, like, his young of an age. And 37% from three, so he can shoot the ball as well. But, obviously, people are going to make the Zion, like, the Zion argument just... One, two, three. Okay, good. 
<laughs> oh yeah, sorry about the technical difficulties. So yeah, we were like talking about the Zion hype train, and yeah, I mean people are gonna keep wanting to um, talk like talk up Zion, even though it's literally been like like 19 games. Like that is just not a big enough sample size as as great as he's been in the in the last 19 games. Like that's just not enough, and especially with like the NBA season being cut short, um, you just, there's just like no way you can make the argument that, like games do matter. I mean, like if that was the case, like a few years ago when Embiid only played 32 games and had yeah. a spectacular season, like he would have run over Brogdon easily because of the stats, but Brogdon played more games and this is like the same like idea here with Jaw. But you said like you had like a third person in mind. Yeah, you said a third person in mind. Like who like was that? Like who are you thinking uh, of? I was thinking of Brandon Clark too. Oh yeah, uh, the Memphis Grizzlies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Jaw's teammate. Uh, you know, first of all, Brandon played more minutes. Played more games, uh, was available a lot more. Uh, did pretty good in, as far as in the shooting department. Uh, but I, I really like Brandon Clark. I, I didn't think a lot of people were giving him enough uh, love because of yeah. obvious jaw, his teammate. Oh, yeah, for sure. And also some Canadian love, Brandon Clark from Canada. Yeah, to show some love. And, and like, he's he's honestly been, like, a really good player. Like, he, I definitely had him in mind. I mean, he's played a lot of his games off the bench as well. So having his production coming off the bench, like, he's been a great piece for the Memphis Grizzlies. I also, like, was thinking about maybe Kendrick Nunn. Like, he had a lot of talk yeah, for the like, earlier on in the season. Yeah, for the Heat, Kendrick Nunn, along with his teammate Tyler Hero. But they just haven't had the same impact as a jaw or even, like, a Zion in 19 games. Like, probably had, like, a bigger impact than all those guys already at this point. Yeah, but... Yeah, I think Jaws a clear um, winner here, and and I think at this point like we both agree about that, right? Correct. Yeah. Okay. Perfect. So now we're gonna be moving on to the next award, which we will be discussing is the Sixth Man of the Year award, and I I think this is like one of like an award every year that's very very like interesting to look at because a lot of people would consider this to be like just a points award, right? Someone who had like the most points coming off the bench and stuff like that. But there are a lot of players here who like are around that same range and like there are like a lot of options for the award. And there are even like I know like like when I was like doing research on this, like a lot of people wanted to give some love to like people who like did it on the other end as well. Like I've seen like a lot of love for Dante DiVincenzo of the Milwaukee yeah. Bucks who like is who is like quite great for them, even though averaging nine points a game. But like he's still doing well on the defensive end. But I, I know there's a lot of options here. Um, Joe, who do you think should be the sixth man of the year this year? I actually have a Dennis Schroeder there uh, winning oh. this from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Um, so right. Dennis in the second year, uh, you know, he's coming it's the second season. He's coming off the bench here for Oklahoma City. Uh, you know, he's put the best season of his career, in my opinion. Uh, he's had, you know, 19 points. Uh, he shot 46.8% uh, from the field and has had uh, his shooting 38.1% from three. Both of those were career highs for him, as well as he's also been a big contributor in the way that I guess Oklahoma City had to shift from the whole Russell Westbrook, Paul George era. And he's helped uh, close out games as well. Anytime you have a player from the bench that can help you close out close out the games uh, in tough, critical situations, I feel like it's, uh, it's a real big thing and has really boosted the thunder and helped them stay relevant. Oh yeah, for sure. And they have like that really like that three-headed monster at the guard position. Like you have yeah. Chris Paul there, Shea Gilgis Alexander in the starting lineup, and you have Dennis Schroeder coming off the bench and still giving you buckets. Like that's yeah. probably like honestly, I don't know if you want to agree with me, but it's probably the deepest guard rotation in the league if you like really like think about it. It's, it's very like, solid. It's very it's extremely solid. And like each of you these guys, like I know Shea's giving you over nineteen points a game. Chris Paul is 17 points a game. Like if you're getting that much production from your guard position, like you're gonna be successful. And Dennis Schroeder has been a big part of that. And, like, you know, like, going off with what you're saying, career highs, like, all over the shop for um, Dennis Schroeder. Um, and he, like, ends a lot of games for this for the team as well. And, like, and it also helps with the narrative that Oklahoma City is, like, really overachieving this year compared to, like, their preseason expectations. And exactly. Dennis Schroeder be, being the second leading scorer on that, uh, the third leading scorer on that team um, really does help that out. But, you know, like I said earlier, like, there are, like, a lot of options for this um, award. Like, you always have to talk about, like, Montrez Harrell of the L.A. Clippers. I know it has to be in consideration for sure. Sure. And the same guy who we talk about every year for this award, Lou Williams, <laughs> always has to be here. Yeah. But I don't know about you, um, Joe, but it just feels like, compared to, like, other years, like, Lou Williams' production has kind of been, like, a bit lessened than, like, like previous years where he won the award. Like, I think this is, like, like the one year where he's averaged under 20 points a game and, like, from the sixth yeah. position. And as much as a lot of people like want to like name this the Lou Williams the Will the Lou Williams award like he just kind of been 
I don't want to say underwhelming off the bench because he's still been playing absolutely fantastic, but it's kind of like a drop in production and it's kind of like voter fatigue. I don't know if you. Yeah, well, he's not a. He wasn't in my top two. Uh, to, to be honest with you, I wasn't even debating it. For me, it was more of deciding whether it was going to be Dennis Schroeder or Montrezl Harrell, who yeah, had sure. a big year. Um, this, the, he was having a huge year before, obviously, the shutdown happened. Yeah. Oh yeah, hundred percent. And like. I mean, like last year, the two like two, two six men, like um, the top two guys were Montrezl Harrell and Will Williams. And this year, I honestly like like you said, Montrezl Harrell has been better. He's having like a bigger impact on the team. But you know, you already know Will Williams is gonna go like some votes just because of the respect of, of that position and stuff like that. And like I said, it's just a bit of like an underachieving season for Will Will compared to the other two seasons. But yeah, I definitely agree that Dennis Schroeder should be like um, at the top of this list. Um, and yeah, like this, I just think that um, his like career high production and have how well the Thunder have been doing for sure. He did definitely Absolutely. deserves this award. So yeah, that is the Six Man of the Year award. We're going to be going moving on to the next award, which doesn't happen on the court. These are the guys on the sidelines. We're going to be talking about the Coach of the Year, and right. with yeah, and so we're going to be so I'm going to be talking about my um, winner for this one. Um, you can call me a homer. I definitely, <laughs> yeah, I, definitely <laughs> I, think like, I know uh, who you're going with. <laughs> exactly. I already pledged this allegiance to my team all season long. It has to be Nick Nurse. It has to be yeah. Nick Nurse, in my opinion. Um, he has the Raptors second place in the East right now. And kind of like how the Thunder have, like, overachieved. I have a feeling that, like, a lot of um, people had the Raptors, like, below what they had right now. Obviously, losing Kawhi Leonard, losing Danny Green. People thought that the Raptors weren't going to achieve as much. But, honestly, I think they defied all expectations. We still are holding down the number two seed. And it has to do a lot of, like, um, Coach Nick Nurse's um, philosophy, his ability to change on the fly, and like he showed last year, like the way that he's like not afraid to do like unconventional stuff, doing the box and one on Steph Curry like during the NBA Finals, and you know like throwing out just like these random zones that honestly they, they teach you this type of stuff in like high school and college, and he's like bringing it to the NBA level. Like I just like his like um, very aggressive like coaching style, and. You know, like I said, the Raptors are overachieving. I think um, that he definitely should be the number one option here. Okay. Well, I, uh, you know, I slightly disagree with you on the winner, but I do respect uh, Nick Nurse. Uh, you know, I was actually debating this uh, yesterday, and I think it's very impressive what he was able to do. You lose a player like Kawhi Leonard, and then you lose Danny Green, who got you some buckets. And he's had to overcome not just those losses, but all his starters have missed double-digit games. So yes. and for him to stay relevant and have this team at you know ranked number two in defense as well has also been really impressive. But I would and I promise you I'm not a, a homer to this team at all because oh. we're gonna be I feel like we're gonna be talking a lot about this team. But uh, I have Frank Vogel of the L.A. Lakers be my coach oh, of the year. Oh really? Really? Okay. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Frank Vogel has uh, he's the, so the Lakers are one of two teams that are in the top five when it comes to on the offensive side of the ball and the defensive side of the ball. Yeah. As well as, I think the biggest impact that Bobo has had has been on defense. And I feel like he's not going to get a lot of credit because, yes, they have LeBron. Yes, they have AD. But he's been able to get meaningful production out of Avery Bradley. He's been able to get meaningful production of other players. You know, like Rondo is, you know, not, maybe not the most sexy name when it comes oh, yeah. to, you know, being in basketball. Yeah. But, I mean, he's gotten some useful production out of him and KCP as well. And has made Caruso into like a cult hero. Oh yeah, for sure. So, yeah, yeah, so I feel like, uh, and I and and to be honest with you, when your third play, best player, you know, either Danny Green or Kyle Kuzma, and they've had really underwhelming seasons. I just think that that's it's that much more impressive for Vogel to be the coach of the year. Oh yeah, for sure. Like especially like, like and I think like he like what he does like what the Lakers do really well. It's like they have like this really good center rotation with like you know Howard, McGee, like Anthony Davis, all rotating from yeah. that big man position and. That that is what really like makes them like a top five defense in this league. Like like exactly. being able to get like all this type of production from these guys. Like yeah, definitely I think Frank Vogel because of the names he has on the roster. Like LeBron James. Like whenever you have some like whenever you have LeBron on the roster, you always like people will just assume that he's the coach, and that's clearly exactly. Not the, yeah, like clearly not the case. Like Frank Vogel, like he did some work with Indiana back in the day. Like when he was challenging LeBron when like you know when they were exactly. facing up against the Heat like in like the in the early 2010s. And he's doing the same thing here. Like, like a lot of people like were not like sure of him like when he was hired like earlier in the season, and he's defied all expectations. He's been an absolute great coach. I completely understand that pick. But the thing is, I don't even have Frank Vogel in my top two. Like I have. <laughs> oh God, you're killing me. Yeah. We'll look at this. People want to say that 
again, you have a LeBron James on your team. And I do agree with this. And, and this is actually my, my friend told me this. And yeah. I'm not going to take credit for that. My friend did tell me this, that uh, he's telling me, well, look, when you look at it, I mean, Vogel took the Pacers two years in a row, Eastern Conference. And people want to debate that, oh, well, you know, if LeBron would have got, wouldn't have gotten hurt last season, Luke Walton would have taken him far. And I guess my friend's point was, what's Luke Walton doing in Sacramento right now? It's just more of the same. They're more, they're pretty much the same when it comes to just standings there. So I, I, I did agree with that, and that really put Vogel over the top for me. Oh yeah, that's for sure. But yeah, but um, I did, like I said, he's on my top two. I even have like Billy Donovan ahead of him. Like I know I'm talking Thunder two like awards he, in a row, but he's he's done a great job. With no, this I, I I like Billy. I like Billy Donovan. Uh, I really and I respect everything that he's done this season as well. So I mean, I wouldn't be mad at that. Yeah, it's just because, like, you know, these guys were supposed to have, like, 30 wins. He, like, brought them to, like, what, the, I think they're in the sixth seed at the moment. Like, yeah, yeah he's, been, like, he's been, like, very, like, he's been very good for them. And, yeah, just, like, because of the way, like, especially, like, the way the roster is constructed, like, it's something that it doesn't look like it should concede on, like, should, like, succeed on paper, but it's just, like, working out, honestly, perfectly. Like, honestly, like, it's, like, it's been great for them. So, uh, yeah, I would still have Billy Donovan number two. But um, we talk about these three coaches. Like, we still haven't talked about the guy who, like, is number one in the NBA, like, in the Milwaukee Bucks with, like, Mike Budenholzer. And yeah. I think, like, yeah, but I think, like, a lot of, like, he would have gotten a lot more traction in this award if, like, like, if you remember, like, a few weeks before the quarantine happened, the Bucks were on pace for, like, 70 wins, like, over 70 wins. And I think if that was, like, if they were still on track for that, I think he would have gotten more love. But now, like, but, like, after they lost their 13th game, and I think the max wins they could have got was 69 nice um but um, <laughs> um i think like the hype train on boon hoser kind of stopped from there so i think i agree like i would have maybe vogel at number three but i still have those guys at number two any final thoughts oh uh, no nice okay nice so yeah that is the coach of the year award um let it let us get move on to another big time award we are going with the most improved player and Again, a lot of players have had like significant, like big jumps this year. Like, there's like a lot of like options for this um, pick. Like, you can go like really big time. Like, I like I was thinking of going like with a big time player, but there. Um, I don't know. I always kept coming to these two, and it was like a really hard decision. But yeah, who do you have as your most improved player? For me, this award was just a cut and dry. One guy who came to mind was Bam Adebayo from the Miami Heat. Yeah. Uh, you know, Bam Adebayo averaged six, 16.2 points per game, 10.5 uh, rebounds, and uh, he also had a 5.1 assists. From the uh, position you know, as well, yeah. Yeah, from the center position. And it was, was more impressive. Well, I mean, we're looking for improvement. Yeah. I mean, before that, he'd averaged well, about six to eight points. The previous year in his rookie year, he'd averaged about five to seven points, uh, about four, three to four boards. Uh, so I, when it comes to the way he improved – to me, it just stood out. He went from a, a scrub, I guess, to yeah. being an, being selected to an all-star team, and I feel like it doesn't get better than that. Oh yeah, for sure. Like like last year, he was the backup center to like Hassan Whiteside last year. Yeah, and, exactly. Yeah, and now like if you like just looking at his progression from this year, like he's become like one of the league's like best Swiss Army knives. Like he is able to score the basketball. He's a great rim runner. He he operate like he helped operate Miami off in the top key. Like five point one assists from the center yeah. position is very impressive. And he is exactly. still, like, grabbing a bunch of rebounds. And I've talked about this with a couple of my friends. Like, if he, like, continues, like, his progression, if he becomes, like, this good in the playoffs, like, Miami Heat is a very, like, much a sleeper team in the playoffs. Like, like if you have, like, someone with Jimmy's credibility, his, um, his like, type of play, and you bring in, like, Bam's, like, um, versatile, like versatility and stuff like that, I think they're going to be a very tough out. And, yeah, same like you. I have him as my most yeah. improved player. Yeah, he like he could just do a bit of everything, and and that's why like that's why I like uh, um, Bam Adebayo above like my runner-up, which a lot of people like would maybe like disagree with like Bam being number one, and because I see a lot of people like loving the Brandon Ingram pick for this <laughs> yeah. for this thing, and I think like I don't think it's like really much of an improvement for Brandon Ingram if, because like being a member of the Los Angeles Lakers last year, like he was kind of like second fiddle to LeBron and all that. And I think like now that because like Zion um, was injured for the majority of the season, he just got a bigger role. And that's when you can like really see his skills um, coming through. And I just think that he had that scoring ability like, in him the whole time. I think this is just like his finally chance to shine. And although like, you know, 17 points a game last year, 24 points per game this year, it's a big jump. I just think that his um, progression had to do more of just like 
giving more of a chance. Um, any thoughts on Brandon Ingram? Um, um, well, I mean, I feel like, I mean, to me, it was obvious that he was going to get more minutes uh, because, I mean, if you really look at the Pelicans uh, and in their starting lineup, I really don't see any real big threat shooting. Shooting. I mean, Lonzo, I think Lonzo's good. I think he's better than what people give him credit for. But oh, yeah. he's not really known. He's not like, a, you know, James Harden or, uh, you know, Chris Paul, he's not going to just be going, going over there and get you buckets and shooting volumes. But what Lonzo does is he's a good uh, um, court generator, field generator for you. Yeah. And he passes the ball. I mean, besides that, I think that there is, again, no real threat. So, of course, yeah, I feel like, you know, Brandon, Ingram, Brandon Ingram's averages are going to go we're going to go higher. And this was a make or break season for, for him. And, you know, I'm happy that, he, that he's doing well. Obviously, I, you know, I wasn't a real big fan of like the whole situation in L.A. played out. But also, I mean, sometimes it seems like some players, once they leave L.A., get better. Look at D'Angelo Russell. He oh, yeah. With the Nets, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 100%. And the thing about, like, Bam Adebayo, like, and, like, why, like, this improvement is, like, a bigger jump is, like, he has people like Jimmy Butler on his team. Like, Gordon Drogic is known to be a very good scorer and stuff like that. So the fact that he is able to, like, still have this sort of production around, like, these type of players around him, like, I think it's a lot more impressive than what Brandon Ingram um, has, like, has, has, has in New Orleans. And, yeah, you talk about like the scoring threats. I mean, Drew Holiday is still like a good player for them too. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, he's still like a very solid player for them. But, um, yeah, Brandon Ingram, like even though he has a great improvement, I still would definitely go with um, Bam Adebayo, who I believe is like more valuable to his team, like than Ingram is. Yeah. Like, like I think like the season really turned around from New Orleans when Zion like really came back from his injuries. So it did. Like, I think like yeah, the Zion like I think like the Zion um, um, thing really helped, and I think I. Like, Although Brandon Ingram has like the stats over Zion, even like a little bit, I still think like Bam Adebayo's improvement is uh, just um, kind of like, jumps at you. It jumps at you a bit more. Yeah. But there, like I said, there are like a lot of candidates for award. Like I know a lot of people don't want to talk about this, but Luka Doncic, like, yeah. like, like he he's had a big improvement. I mean, like I know like he's like in the MVP conversation. Maybe we'll talk about him later. But people like sleep on his type of like improvement, like going from like a 20 point per game scorer to a near 30 point per game scorer. And as a baller. This guy's been balling out. Like he's like almost averaging a triple double, and it's weird that he's like not even being really talked about in this award. Um, why do you think that's the case? Uh, I just feel like I like I personally feel like once like this whole Russell Westbrook thing happened, where the triple double was made into such a huge thing, huge thing. And I mean, let's be honest. I mean, he got Russell Westbrook the MVP season that he had was because of the triple double. And yeah. you know, KD he maybe got the benefit of the doubt because you know KD had left. But I feel like over this over the last couple of seasons, I feel like the meaning of the triple double has kind of you know that had been had is kind of in a downward spiral. I feel like it's not so big anymore because we've seen it happen already. I mean, look at LeBron James um, oh, yeah. and, the, and and his averages. So I feel like you know I feel like you need to stand out even more than than what it is. And obviously, you know, there's a couple of reasons why I don't have uh, Luca in the MVP conversation just because I feel like whoever I picked uh, was head and shoulders the best. But also, I feel like a lot of people want to really knock on Luka just because of the fact that when Kristaps isn't in, in the lineup, it's not with him. It's not really resulting in as many wins as it is for Kristaps without Luka. And we really haven't seen that much. But I, we've seen uh, Kristaps without, without Luka. And, I mean, it's not really – I mean, there's been a little bit of a struggle there. Yeah, for sure. And, like, I mean, like, I, I was talking like really more about the like most improved player case. Oh, because, most like, improved. Yeah, most improved, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, yeah, no worries about it. But, but, I mean, like, he's had this huge jump. But I think, like, and also, like, a big stigma around, like, maybe Luka not getting as many votes has to do with, like, not a lot of second-year players. I mean, we forget. Luka Doncic is a second-year player in this league. And, um, and yeah, I, like... Also, I'm sorry. Yeah. I also think that, okay, well, we're going through the most improved. I feel like Luka was just good right out of the gate, man. Yeah. He's, he's, he's just good. He's just good. Yeah, yeah he's ball. good. Yeah, but, but like... It's like the thing is like he was at all star level like when he came into the league, but the fact that he's like moved like to superstar level, I just think like um, people like don't like credit that enough. Yeah. But there's also like, but like I like I was saying like there's like a stigma around like second year players. I think only two players in NBA history have um, won the most improved player after their first like in their second season. One being Monte Ellis, the other one being weirdly enough Ronnie Cycli like when he was with the Heat back in the 90s. So I think like there's that um, to that um, there's something in that as well, but. I just think like Doncic should get more love, but obviously the two guys, Brandon Ingram, Bam Adebayo, um, should be near the top of the list. And also someone like Jason Tatum, who um, finally got a chance as a number one option 
this year. And he's, like, really taking advantage of that. He's actually looking like the superstar that everyone, like, thought, like, oh, my gosh, he's only 20 and he's only 21 and stuff like that. Like, he's finally, like, filling up to that potential. And I think Jason that he, Tatum is a baller. He's an absolute baller. He, he, he deserves to be in this conversation, too, right? Like, he, like, he absolutely get some votes, yeah. Absolutely. So, yeah, like, so, like, those guys are probably not going to get, like, as much love because, like, I think people already knew that they were good and, like, like taking the next step is kind of different, but people like, 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 Bam Adebayo came out of nowhere. I think that's going to be, like, what yeah. helps the narrative a lot. And, of course, Brandon Ingram being in a new situation, that also help his narrative. So, yeah, both of us choosing Bam Adebayo. Let's move on to the next, um, to the next topic, which is the Defensive Player of the Year award. And I don't know about you. It's harder to like pick this type of award because it's, it you can't really like look. You can like you can't really like look at the stats, right? Uh, yeah, not not really. You gotta look for someone that's real impactful. Oh yeah, for sure. So, yeah, like for me, it was like down to two people, and like, um, like, it was like it was, it was a really tough decision because you can like make an arg- like a really strong argument for both. But um, for my defensive player of the year, I'm gonna go with Giannis, uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo. <laughs> okay. Yeah. And like I said, it, like you can't really like look at defensive player of the year in terms of stats. You have to like see like the impact. You have to actually watch the game, see like their impact on the floor. And I think that Giannis is just like more impactful and like the way like he like plays because not only is he like going at it like on the offensive end. Like this guy is like is like the like this guy is defending perimeter players for the Bucks. He is their number one like shot deteriorator at the rim. And you know if. Like, if you really want to look at the stats, because, like, there are, like, a lot of stats that, like, show, like, that Giannis actually really deserves this. Like, for example, like, if when he's off the floor, uh, when he's off the floor, like, their defense is, like, 69th, like, in the 69th percentile, like, meaning that um, when he's, like, off the floor, they're only, like, their defense is better than 69% of the teams per 100 possessions. But when he's on the floor, they're better than 99% of the team. So you could see something like that, like, like really, like, um, helping him in his favor. And... Yeah, like, 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 he just makes everyone around him better on the defensive end. Like, Chris Middleton is, like, top five in defensive win shares. And let's be honest, Chris Middleton is not is nowhere near the defender Giannis is. But, no, being, but, but playing beside Giannis, like, that will definitely help his win shares go up. Same thing with Brook Lopez. Like, this guy was not known as a defender when he was with Brooklyn, when he was with oh. Los Angeles. Yeah, come to the Bucks. He is known as one of the best rim protectors in the league. And I think Giannis has a lot to do with that. So, yeah, I just think, like, with, like, a lot of... um those like other factors into it, I have to go with Giannis. How about you? You know, for for me, and I, you know, I in any way, shape, or form a fan of this team, but I'm gonna I I'm gonna go with Anthony Davis, man. I'm yeah, not yeah. an LA Laker fan. I'm not huge on that, yeah. but I I really like Anthony Davis. He's never won the award. Uh, and right now, when I look at An- Anthony, I feel like his versatility has really helped improve this Laker squad in defense. I was a real big concern, especially when you look at LeBron James-led teams. Um, you know, he's never really had a solid defense to really, you know, help him out. But I think with the addition of Anthony Davis, I mean, they're able to, again, be in the top five when it comes to just defense in general. You know, Anthony's averaging two blocks and a steal a game as well. And again, the versatility, he's able to go up and man up with uh, centers and uh, power forwards, as well as be able to guard the perimeter. And I feel like just, you know, looking at the, impact that Anthony has had is just the reason why I would give him the award over Giannis. Oh yeah, for sure. Like the 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 Lakers just in general last year were just like an absolute mess. And I think like adding someone like an Anthony Davis really just like solidified their team. And like you said, like one of the best defenders in the league, not only can he like defend like the best bigs in the game, like you do not want to mm-hmm. face it against Anthony Davis if you're a big. Like this guy is great on switches. He is fantastic at defending the pick and roll. Like he, he was definitely like right behind Giannis for me. Like it was such a toss up. Like, but you know, Giannis, I just think like um, it just doesn't like as much as like um, Anthony Davis. Like, um, like a lot of people would vote for him. I just think that Giannis like like really like helps like the people around him. And I think like what like like compared to Anthony Davis, like I think like Anthony Davis kind of like makes up for things. Like yes. especially like for LeBron, like who doesn't like. Let's be honest, like, he's in year 17. This guy's not going to, like, try as hard on the defensive, and he needs to, like, save up his energy, like, for, throughout the game. And with Giannis, I just think that, like, like his presence on the court more improves people around him. And then, well, Anthony Davis kind of covers up. Like I, I do know, agree. Yeah. But, yeah, Anthony Davis is not a bad pick, um, for sure. Um, and, yeah, for, um, like, that is a very solid pick. But let's talk about, like, another guy who, like, who is one of the, like, defensive player of the year two years in a row. Rudy Gobert is um, yeah. that is not in the discussion really much this year, and you know I just I think like 
Um, a lot of that has to do with the Jazz's poor defensive output this year. What do you think about Rudy Gobert? It's, uh, it's been very poor, and it, it, I don't think – I mean, on the basketball side of things, I feel like just the Jazz in general have really under – have been very underwhelming this season. I feel like they're – the def- the, the thing that he, they were good at overall, their defense just went down. And I, you know, it's, it, I'm not going to lie. It's been kind of a disappointment season for the Jazz from where they're normally at. Uh, I feel like just, here's a team that is known for defense as well. And, you know, you, you have guys that can shoot like, you know, Mitchell or Ingles. But, you know, Rudy Gobert isn't getting love. But I also think that, I mean, we know that we know we all know what happened, yeah. you know, towards the end. And obviously yeah. it's not really good. He didn't do himself any favors is all I'm trying yeah. to say. Oh. oh, yeah, for sure. On how like, he's handled certain situations. So, oh, yeah. and, 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 it, and it sucks just because of the fact that, again, it may, it may not be 100 percent just basketball related. But the media likes to overplay things, you know what I mean? And again, I'm not, you know, going to defend this, the, what happened. But we, we as fans, and as how we like comment on certain situations, I mean, a lot of it has to do with media and how they react. I mean, that's what we're able to discuss. So I don't think Rudy made him did himself a lot of favors. That again, what you said that the Jazz defense has been really underwhelming doesn't really help him or even really solidly put him in the conversation. Oh, yeah, definitely. Recency bias is a big thing in terms of, like, especially with sports fans, 100%. Like, the last thing you do is always going to be what's remembered. And, like, the last image of the NBA season that we have is literally Rudy Gobert, <laughs> like, being, like, being like escorted away from the court um, yeah. because of, like, NBA, and being tested and stuff like that. So, definitely they didn't do many favors. The Jazz have, like, have been, like, a top-five defense, like, the past years. This year not has not been the case. But um, still one of the best defenders in the league. But I think like this just this year, like um, he just like can't be like in this discussion. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't have him in my top three either. Oh yeah, for sure. And now we come to the biggest one, the biggest, um, the biggest award here. We have the MVP award, and like they have been like a lot of great performances this year. But as the season has progressed on. I don't know about you. I think it's been like a two-man race, like ever, like up to a certain point, yeah. like after a certain point. So, I mean, it's one of these two. Who do you have as your MVP? LeBron James. LeBron James. LeBron James is the best basketball player on this planet right now. And I look, man, I'm not a LeBron James fan. Of he's not a Laker fan. This guy. Has I, a lot I promise of you, I'm not. A, I'm not a Laker fan. I'm gonna go on the record and say I'm not a Laker fan. If anyone that I know is watching this, they all know that I am anti-LeBron James. I'm not a, I'm not a huge fan of LeBron James. You know, nothing against the guy, but I'm just, I've never been a fan of him, you know, since I, since I was growing up, but you know, I'm calling it as I see it, man. And, you know, for me to say that LeBron James isn't the best basketball player on the planet right now is just me not being honest and it's just being biased. But I think uh, LeBron deserves this award um, just because of the fact that MVP to me is rated on the most valuable player. What's your value to the team? What difference do you make? If you take out that player, can that team still produce? You know, that's the question. And, again, I, I have LeBron James just because if you take LeBron James out of that Lakers squad, I mean, they're terrible. I mean, you see their efficiency ratings uh, drop. And, again, people want to say, oh, well, they have Anthony Davis. Anthony Davis, excuse me. Well, I mean, does everyone realize that if you just take LeBron James and leave Anthony Davis with that squad, they're pretty much the Pelicans? Yeah, well, it's basically you know what the same I mean? thing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and, you know, LeBron averaged 25.7 points uh, per game. Uh, you know, he averaged 7.9 rebounds per game and 10.6 assists. And, you know, him as a as a guard has really been real impactful just because of the fact that he is that kind of a general that you need on your team. And obviously he, you know, he's getting up there with age. But I, I feel like this is his – He's he's under under pressure right now. I mean, this is his last the last true season that I feel like he's got condition to win a title. And I mean, this guy is playing with a vengeance. Uh, someone told me, you know, last season when he got hurt that uh, the LeBron James this season is gonna be a different kind of animal. And that's just what I've seen. And you know, I respect respect the game, man. You gotta respect the game. And I feel like LeBron is my MVP without it. To me, it's non-debatable, man. Non-debatable. non-debatable. Well, it, it, what really helps with the LeBron case is that this is freaking year 17, and yeah. we, like, this is like absolutely ridiculous, like the type of numbers he's putting up. Like, I, I completely agree. Like, I agree with the fact that you know, 26 points a game. Like, this is his career high in assists as well in his career. Like, him taking yeah. over that point guard position has really like revitalized the Lakers team and it's like helped everyone around him. His but, IQ is his IQ is like it's, it's he's up there like 
honestly top three in NBA history in terms of just IQ in general. Like he's exactly. up there. Yeah. But I can't give it to LeBron. Oh <laughs> like, man, you're killing I can't. I oh my gosh. I think this could be like the year that we have like I think the last player to able to like win defensive player of the year and rookie and MVP was Hakeem back in the nineties. And I think Giannis could do it this year. I really oh, believe man. so. Freaking like this guy's averaging twenty nine point six points per game, fourteen rebounds, six assists, fifty five percent from the field, um, over a steal and a block a game. Like, like I said, this was a two man race. Like ever since like Luca started getting injured after like Harden's slow like like middle of the season, yeah. it was really like these two guys. And I think like Giannis just like impact just like shows. And it, and it, like you go, like LeBron, like you said, like it's it's hard to deny. Like he's still the best player in the league in my opinion, but. Giannis is just having a better season, man. Like, if you just look at the last year, like, he won MVP last year, averaging, like, 27-12 and stuff like that. Like, he's gotten better. <laughs> like, it's, yeah. It's, it's really, it's like, he's just gotten better, which is, like, really, like, hard to believe. But, that like, someone's, like, MVP season, it can get better. But it has with Giannis. And, like, like I said, like, this guy has, like, the best record in the league as well. He is the number one, like, reason why this is the case. And... I mean, but I like your argument where you said, like, you take LeBron off the Lakers, they're basically the Pelicans. That makes sense. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But, and, like, and the, the Bucks have, like, like still, like, maintained um, some success, like, with Giannis, like, out of the roster. But Giannis is the reason that thing moves. Is He's, like, like he's just having, like, a better year, in my opinion. And, like, I just think that um, the whole, like, like I said, the narrative of him, like, being, like, having, like, the season he had last year, him even getting better this year, like I just think Odell just put him a bit over the top, and I really want to see like a double award winner this year. I think like this is like a year where it's like very possible it'll happen. And Giannis, you know, winning back-to-back MVPs is, is is like if he does win this, is gonna really like establish himself as like one of like already in his very young career, like one of the greatest like players to like grace the basketball court, which is gonna be absolutely crazy. But yeah, the like the whole LeBron narrative. Um, you know, with the Lakers, like, and all that, like, it's definitely... Um, number one in the West. Number one in the West. Yes. Yeah. But, the, hey, the Bucks are number one in the, the whole league. And, it, like, and like I said, like, Giannis is, like, a big reason towards that. But, you know, the LeBron narrative <laughs> um, being year 17 definitely does help that. And, you know, like, people don't understand, like, how, like, Giannis is, like, improving, like, expense from, like, what he did last season. Because he's, like, not afraid to shoot anymore. Like, I don't think, like, if you see like, the season, like, he's actually, like, trying to shoot threes. Like, he's shooting over 30%. Which is still not great, but at least he's shooting them. Um, ben Simmons. Um, I, I remember. I think he's only made two threes though since he hit those three threes against LeBron. <laughs> I, I'm, yeah. I'm just I'm just gonna go yeah. on the record there. Uh, uh, yeah, I mean, but the thing is, like, at least like he's willing to do it. Like he, what I like yeah. about Giannis, like he's like willing to like, even though if he's gonna mess up, like people want to always look at those highlights of him airballing free throws and stuff. Like, I, <laughs> <laughs> like there's been a lot of that this I mean, season, but but he's. Like I just think like his like um that like his um impact on the Bucks. I know like LeBron's value may be higher to the Lakers, but I think like his impact on the Bucks just like is a bit bigger than LeBron's impact. But you know like LeBron is an extremely good case. Um, and like I said, two man race. Um, I mean like if you look at like back in December, it was probably a four man race. Like people it was. were talking about was like maybe like Luca was in there. James Harden when he was Harden. going on that was like in that like, amazing stretch where he's he was dropping ridiculous points. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, like Harden was like back in like December was averaging like almost forty points a game. I think that was ridiculous. And thirty, it was like thirty six point eight. I think. Yeah, something like that. And like this guy started slowing down. I think like even like some games like he was like, I think like like in the twenty percent from the field and stuff like that. And like what really I think like took Harden out the race is that like in a point in January February Westbrook was a better player was he not like for like the yeah I mean I was very impressed with what I saw from uh, Russ's output actually he uh, seemed to be able to get sink better shots in and I mean they were falling through and that's what was really impressive there yeah and of course we also had like Luka Mania at the beginning of the season where he was averaging like literally a 30 point triple double obviously he slowed down from that especially with the Mavs being, I believe, I think seventh in the West at the moment. Yeah, they were seventh. Yeah, yeah, they're seventh right now. Like, I mean, if if he like continued on that top three, um, sort of um production, like if they were in the top three in the thing, maybe you can make an argument about that. But when you have both like the best players on like respective conferences, like LeBron James and Giannis having the season that they're having, it really is like no like debate between those two. Like you would go with LeBron, I'd go with Giannis, but um, I just think it, it had to be one of those two. Like yeah. he's got, 
Yeah. Exactly. I'm sorry. This is scoring. You know, scoring as much as scoring matters. I mean, you can't just go off based off again, like how you said, yeah. started because eventually, like you're like Harden dropping you know, 36 a night. I mean, eventually that's gonna fizzle out. You know, you're not gonna drop 36 points every single game for an 82 game season. Not you should be the MVP, man. If you drop 30, 30, <laughs> 30 or 40 points every yeah. single game, for sure. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure about um for sure about that. But yeah, um Giannis MVP for me. Joe's got LeBron. I think this is going to be an extremely interesting race, like when they uh, when it comes to the end of the season, and yeah, just excited for like the awards in general. But now we're going to move on to what I like to do, like in these like Monday and Friday podcasts, is like maybe like, one topic away from the um, NBA, and we're going to be going into Joe's world for this one. Like we're going to be talking, we're going to be talking about the NFL and the whole situation with Dak Prescott, who last week, um, correct me if I'm wrong, like the, there was like this deadline where he was supposed like where he could have signed um, like a multi-year extension, but they weren't able to come to agreements they on that. Missed it. They missed the deadline. So like, yeah, talk to me about that. So, um, so the Dak Prescott contract situation. So pretty much uh, every, any, every single player that got a franchise tagged, uh, which was a one-year contract, uh, had until last week's Wednesday deadline to reach a long-term extension. If they fail to reach an extension, then they can't uh, talk a contract extension until the end of the season, of this coming football season. So you're looking at February, after February. Okay. So, uh, so so, pretty much Dak and the Cowboys failed to, to agree to an extension. Apparently, there was a last-ditch effort by Dak to try to get this contract done. He rejected a $33 to $35 million yearly salary oh. with over $100 million guaranteed. It was, I believe originally it was exactly $100 million guaranteed. And uh, he did not agree to that. And, you know, obviously, in my opinion, he's a mistake. Actually, today I have a, I have a video on, you know, what's wrong with Dak because yeah. of that. Was because of that, and so it'll be on the YouTube page. But when as when it comes to that contract extension, so Dak really messed up just because of the fact that man he was getting more than what he deserved, in my opinion. And you know, I just it's just insane, man. It's insane because I've already been sick and tired of it. It's been everything that we've talked about all season long. And, I mean, all season long. And you know, I mean, we got some clarity. But the good thing is, I know TV. I believe you're a basketball. I mean, a basketball cowboy fan. It it, it it's it hurts it hurts like this whole contract situation with Dak it's like like ever since like well, we got eliminated from the playoff contention that has been all the talk still carried on throughout this entire offseason it it hurts like you want that you want to like solidify the quarterback position but it's just been exactly. so frustrating it's been so frustrating waiting for this like whole thing to happen and then we signed a franchise tag we thought we were you know we were getting somewhere maybe they're gonna like continue with the talks and then like when the deadline passed and there was no deal. I just thought in my mind, like, oh my god, this is gonna be the this is gonna be the talk of the whole season. Like, I, be- I agree with you, but here's the thing though, since he he signed an exclusive franchise tag, which basically oh, okay. means that he needs to, it's mandatory. He reports to camp. He's he's gonna play this year. It's not gonna be a Le'Veon Bell contract situation or a Melvin Gordon contract situation oh, okay. where you're okay. asking yourself. Is he going to report this week to camp or is he just going to set out like we saw with Le'Veon? And it's yeah. not going to be like that. So, you know, okay, that's good. he's betting on himself. He's betting on himself. He's betting on himself to be able to, you know, put up the numbers and take his team deep into a playoff run. In my opinion, though, I mean, I don't I don't see this happening, though. Uh, you know, he may put up the numbers. Uh, you know, I'm positive he'd put the numbers. He'd be a good, solid quarterback to draft in your fantasy football draft but when you're coming to expectations the expectation does what is that it's a super bowl am i right yeah you're yeah 100 yeah like we're like I, I know you can agree i mean you're a patriots fan but dallas is the brand of the nfl it they is are, it is the brand this is the brand as much as like new england has been like the most successful franchise probably over the last decade or two yes, dallas sir. has always always and ever will be the brand i mean the star is what like associates itself with the nfl and like when you're the quarterback of the, of the Dallas Cowboys, that is so that is a that is a massive pressure to put on a guy. And I'm not gonna lie, he's done good. It is like for as like for his first few years in the league, like he won I think offensive rookie of the year, right? His his like like yes. during his like rookie season, he yeah, did. he won offensive rookie of the year, and he's been good. He's been good, but I think like what's like really frustrating about like Dak and with Cowboy fans is like when we face the good teams, like the team, like I think we talked about this like before, teams over like like who are playoff teams, teams over 500, like. He just doesn't like. He just like. He hasn't like really shown up, right? Yeah, I, I agree. Like, and uh, I think that last season really hurt him. Even though you know he posted you know 30 touchdowns, you know versus like 11 picks. Um, I feel like the games against Patriots and the games and the game against the Eagles 
really hurt him because the Patriots and the Eagles offenses were struggling. Carson Wentz didn't have a solid weapon. He was throwing to practice squad guys. And Tom Brady, exactly. I mean, he only had Julian Edelman uh, to deal with. And that was an aging Tom Brady, might yeah. I add. And Dak struggled. He had better weapons. He had a better O-line. 100%. He had better receivers. And he struggled to score a touchdown then. Yeah, like, and I think like one game I can like as a Cowboy fan I can like really like point to last year was the Thanksgiving Day against the Bears. Like that, like them, like us losing to them, like in such like a huge. Do you mean the the th- Do you it? mean the the Bills? Was it was it the Bills? I believe it was, was the it? Bills. I think it was the Bills, and then the following week they played against the Bears too, and they lost both of those games. <laughs> I know. That was yeah. A- they lost. It was two Thursday games back to back, and they lost both of those. Games. I know that those were like I think that's what like, a lot of fans kind of like were like pissed off. I think like. A, Dak and I and most importantly Jason Garrett who is now off the team but yeah but um yeah like, people were extremely frustrated and, and especially like in week I think it was week 16 when we had like the chance against the Eagles like we had like we literally like had a chance to like like take all like to, even like even after such a horrendous season like we could have made the playoffs we had a, Dak's chance to shine was right in week 16 and he just couldn't get it to go yeah, and they had, I think they had crushed the Rams. I think it was a previous week or the week oh, yeah. after that. It was something like that. And, uh, yeah, for the, for him, he came out flat. And, again, that's the narrative. I mean, he's a fourth-round quarterback. In my opinion, plays like a fourth-round quarterback. He does. And the biggest, like, thing for Cowboys fans, and I think, like, what Jerry Jones loves about this guy, is, like, the way he handles himself off the field, like, the leadership qualities and all that. Maturity. But the thing, yeah, maturity, like, someone like that like i mean that's all good and all but going like under like the football field like he doesn't have a great arm he doesn't have like like top tier like accuracy he doesn't have top tier athleticism like he's just kind of like middle ground everywhere like anything like that's what like scares like cowboys fans like when you're committing to Dak long term like do you just want to settle for honestly mediocrity and like especially with the dallas cowboys yeah. like like when you look at the past we talk about troy aikman being the the cow like the, the cowboy court like yeah. a star, yeah. Like after like these stars, like for these Dallas Cowboy teams, and I think like even at times like Tony Romo like was like a, a better quarterback than Dak Prescott like in his like in his prime, like. Yeah, I, just I, think, I can I, agree. Yeah, it's just um, you just like want to see like a bit more more production out of him. And as a Cowboy fan, I mean, we we were hoping for this to be like all over soon, and we thought honestly like like when we signed Andy Dalton to that that one year deal, we thought like, huh, maybe this can like maybe like. Put a little put bit light the fire to get the deal done. To get the deal done and stuff like that. But that wasn't the case. Um, Dak has a lot to prove this year, especially like coming off last year's disappointment. We also added C.D. Lamb, who... I, I, to Oklahoma, baby. Yeah, this, like, oh, I yeah. was so surprised when, when he dropped the 17. I was like, I thought this guy, like, was, wasn't he like the best receiver in the class or something? Uh, and, he was the... He, there was a debate between him and Jerry Judy. Being the Jerry, best yeah, yeah. Like, I think like a lot of fans were ex- like Cowboy fans were expecting like maybe like Judy to like fall to us, but when CD Lamb was there, like we're like, is he really there for like our taking? So we decided to take him. Actually, I read a report this morning that um they're trying to implement the jet sweep option to the playbook, and CD Lamb might like have a few rushing plays and stuff like that. Yeah, so, he's a solid like, player. Yeah, he's a very good player, and it's just another weapon for Dak. So. If you look at the offense, I know Travis Frederick retired, but we talked about the Dallas O line like like in the in the past, and it's like it's still yeah. solid. It's still like one of the top best eight. It's yeah, top, top eight in the league. Yeah, exactly. And so Dak has the weapons in the offensive end. Like, there's no reason for him not to succeed. You got the coach out of town too. Yeah, he got the coach out of town. I mean, Mike McCarthy. Whatever um, your thoughts on him are, whether he was carried by Aaron Rodgers when he was with the with the Packers and all that. I'll uh, tell you that uh, Mike McCarthy left and Aaron Rodgers' numbers went down. That's all I'm going to yeah. tell you. Oh, yeah. So, like, this guy is, like, good with quarterbacks. So, this is, like, we talk about, like, um, this is a make-or-break make year for Dak. And Definitely. It's going to be extremely interesting to see, like, firstly, like, I mean, the Cowboys, I expect them to be in the playoffs this year after, like, a disappointing last year. But you never know what to see. Like, I, I, I would, like, like, I want to believe. But I just can't. <laughs> like, I want to believe. But, you haven't but, been in Texas, my friend. You haven't been in Texas. <laughs> yeah, I, Cowboy fans are crazy, but Eagle fans are crazier. But <laughs> yeah. Eagle fans are crazier. But I just like with like the with the Redskins um, not being like much of a threat. It's I think it's gonna be another year where like it's gonna be a Cowboys and Eagles like fighting it for like another top position. It is. It is and, and if Dak is not gonna be able to like do it again this year, then I don't see why he would get the contract. So any final thoughts on the Dak situation? Uh, you know, I personally don't have them going to the playoffs. I feel like it's going to be a very oh. long year for Cowboy fans, man. Uh, again, though, this is just 
assuming everyone stays healthy. Obviously, we have, you know, this whole pandemic situation going on. So who knows, you know, but on paper, I mean, they should. I just don't I don't buy into it. Uh, we're going to see maybe unless, you know, Mike McCarthy really works with that. But it just doesn't feel like he is all in on deck. So we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, it's going to be a very interesting um, season for Cowboys fans. And I, for one, am very nervous for um, this upcoming season. But um yeah, hopefully um, Dak performs. I don't know. Um, I want the Cowboys back in the playoffs. Hopefully we can get to like that Super Bowl quality that the star and the, the franchise is used to. But yeah, this is. I think this is like where we're going to end the episode. Thank you, Joe, for coming on. Any like final um, words about your um, YouTube channel? No, I'm actually having an Amazon gift card giveaway. So all oh, you have yeah. to do for that is comment on the video, be a subscriber, and I'll be picking out a winner. The goal is to pick out a winner for next week, today's video will be what's wrong with uh, what's wrong with Dak. It'll be out in a couple hours on YouTube. And thanks for having me, TV. I'm glad we were able to get this done. Oh yeah, thank you for um, um, getting this done with me as well. It was awesome having you on the show. Um, I'm gonna be trying to get a lot more collabs. Maybe we might have Joe back on like for another episode before um, the NBA season begins. But yeah, I have some collabs along the way. Um, thank you guys for all the support. We just eclipsed 1,100 downloads, so thank you guys for that. Awesome. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, the NBA season coming out in, like, just under two weeks. I know I'm excited. Joe's excited. We can't wait for just basketball to be back. But, yeah, thanks for coming on, Joe. All right. Well, goodbye. Bye. Um, and this is where we're going to end the episode. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll talk to you guys on Wednesday for another Top 10. Have a good one, guys. Peace.